4: Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Just yesterday, we saw proof. Last month, we worked together to sharpen Michigan's economic development tools. And this week, we landed a $7 billion investment from General Motors that will create and retain 5,000 good-paying manufacturing jobs making electric vehicle batteries in Lansing and Orion Township. The future of the auto industry is being built in Michigan in plants like this one by union members. And we're just getting started. Historically, the knock on Michigan was that we didn't have the tools to compete with other states. We moved too slowly and state government was dysfunctional. Yesterday... The world saw what we can accomplish. Democrats, Republicans, businesses, utilities, and labor joined forces to equip Michigan with solid economic tools to attract big projects and create thousands of jobs. We showed the world we have the tools, we move fast, and we work together. And Michigan is gonna win. Tonight, I've laid out my plans to cut taxes for retirees and working families, to lower costs on insulin and electric vehicles, and expand access to mental health. As always, I'll work with anyone to deliver on these kitchen table issues. I'll also work to invest the federal resources we have received with plans I released last year, like the Michigan New Economy, which would grow our middle class Support small businesses and invest in our communities.
2: Sitting in a Coney Island, sipping my cup of tea. Best looking waitress I'd ever seen danced right up to me. She said, Could I serve you, please, with your coffee like some cream? Said I was drinking tea. Give me some honey, please. She told me to talk. Staggering on the streets, prettiest motorist ever seen. Pulled up beside me, she said, "Could, could you, you help, help me, please?" please my engine's running red. red. Said I could cool her off, but it happened have to be in bed. And she told me, "Talk, talk, talk, loud, whatever. Don't give me that mobile dime." Said, The kind of man
5: We want to present these buffs to our governor, Big Grinch! Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch, we got Big Grinch. You can find her in the press under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress, yeah, that's Big Grinch. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big At all You can find her in the press. Oh. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, yes, that's Big Gretch. Big Gretch and this bitch playing no role. Excuse all on. the cussing, that's just how I get my flow on. For real? If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. Your all that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. But, uh, Big Gretch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big grits with the buffs on, on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on their pair of buffs with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got big great. At all. You can find her in the press. Under big great. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's big great. Throw Grinch. a bust on her face. Cause that's big rich. We ain't even about to stress. We got big great. At all. You can find her in the press. Under big great. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's big great.
6: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We uh, continue now on the Tom Sumner program with my next guest, who uh, is uh, currently a state representative uh, in the Michigan uh, legislature and uh, will soon be campaigning uh, to move over to the Senate side of uh, Michigan's legislature. He's been on the show many times in different capacities but uh we're gonna we're gonna welcome back um state representative john cherry john welcome welcome to the show it's been a while and it's great to uh, connect with you again
7: thanks tom good morning and it's great to be back on the show i always love uh, uh sitting down and chatting with you well, let's
6: let's talk a little bit. Um, you've weighed in on a couple of things just recently, um, being the um, General Motors uh, recent announcement about investments in Michigan and and getting more into the um, uh, electric car. Uh, manufacturing and and you weighed in on that as did the governor in her state of the state message last week and and you weighed in on that as well Um, let's talk about that a little bit because there are cars sitting in parking lots all over the state waiting for chips Um, how how might this new investment or future investments by General Motors uh, deal with that issue of relying on China and other countries uh, to get parts to make cars?
7: Yeah, great question, uh, Tom. And the announcement about General Motors' investment does not directly address the, the chip issue, but the fundamentals behind the announcement offer a pathway, uh, on the chip issue and so let me explain that a little bit at the end of december uh, last year we put forward and enacted into law an economic development framework that allows michigan to compete uh, with other states that have essentially been securing the future of automotive manufacturing for themselves uh, and taking it out and trying to take it out of michigan and so the announcement that we saw with gm where they're building a battery factory in the Lansing area, upgrading to uh, assembly plants uh, in that area, and then also uh, transitioning Lake Orion over to build uh, electric vehicles, another plate down in Lake Orion. That came out of that economic development package that we put forward. Now, part of the impetus for that economic development package is not just securing the future of, automobile manufacturing in michigan it's also ensuring that we have all the parts necessary to manufacture those automobiles so i i don't i did not sign any sort of confidentiality agreements or non-disclosure agreements with anybody so i can't tell you uh who's talking to who about what specifically but i do know that there are conversations with uh, a number of different entities specifically about ensuring that we produce those, uh, chips here in Michigan. Uh, and that might say, you know, those conversations, that's our economic development agency, Michigan economic development corporation. So we know the importance of making sure, uh, that, uh, the automotive supply chain can be, um, uh, pr- everything that in the automotive supply chain can either be sourced or, or, or produced here in Michigan. And, And we're taking action to try to make sure that Michigan uh, does just that and has that sort of uh, framework in place.
6: Well, I was um, talking with someone just recently and and a a conversation came up. I I think they were from Arizona Um, and it was a, a reference was made almost parenthetically to. Uh, factories that were being built, and again, I think it was Arizona, John, but don't hold me to that. Um, It could have been Mississippi or New Mexico or Texas, but but I think it was Arizona. Talking about some very large factories being built for the purpose of manufacturing chips that they thought would be up and running by 2024, 2025. Um, what about these the de- developments uh that General Motors has announced about building batteries how soon will they be up and running
7: so they're gonna they're cracking ground on those uh this year so uh, it's gonna depend on uh, you know it's gonna be a, a, a couple of years here before probably probably when i've ha- heard like we're talking eighteen twenty four months something along those lines um for them to completely build a, a factory uh don't quote me on that because that's just uh what i remember off the top of my head uh so that's kind of the timeline that we're looking at for um getting those those factories uh, constructed
6: and are are other states going to get ahead of us on this chip issue i mean either either way whether they're made in michigan or made in another state as long as they're made in the u.s it's good for us but did michigan move too slow on getting into uh the electric car business and and the chip part of the equation
7: i don't think we're we're too slow on the chip part we did have some issues which have now been addressed in, uh, on making sure that we have the battery manufacturing. So, I mean, last year in the summer, we saw the announcement from Ford building their battery plants. Now they need to build more battery plants, but announcing battery plants, uh, down South. And that was because we had, um, essentially unilaterally disarmed in, uh, our economic development programs, which I mean, I'm skeptical on using public dollars on uh, these economic development projects. But if you if you unilaterally disarm, it's a recipe for disaster. Right? It's a, it, that's an issue that needs to be addressed at a national level, uh, These uh, states competing against each other. And so with those announcements that we saw over the summer, uh, it was... Very clear that if we didn't do anything, that we could lose our automotive manufacturing base. And so, very quickly, uh, over, last year, by the end of the year, we had enacted a program that allows us to compete. And we, and what we saw here in January is that, in fact, we can, with the new framework in place, secure the future of automotive uh, manufacturing for Michigan so we aren't losing all those jobs to states down south.
6: More with state representative and candidate for state senate Democrat John Cherry straight ahead.
2: Everybody's doing a
0: brand new dance now.
5: Hi this is Mark Farner and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program.
0: Hi, this is Deb
4: Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Moore
6: State Representative and candidate for State Senate. Democrat John Cherry, straight ahead. Well, what about this new announcement from General Motors? Now they're they're talking about. Let's see if I've uh, if I've got some some notes on this. They're talking about uh, initially two main projects: expansion of the. Um, Orion, uh, or Orion Township uh, GM facility to produce electric vehicles, Um, but a new uh, volume battery cell manufacturing facility in uh, Delta Township, I think that's the one you mentioned near near Lansing. They've talked about those two projects. Are those, and, and their investment, It looks like it will be something like $6.5 billion um, Mm -hmm. and uh, create 4,000 jobs. But are either or both of those projects taking advantage of of any uh, state incentives? Or is that just um, new company investment uh, in Michigan?
7: Yeah, great question. So uh, this announcement... Uh, that recently happened that, that, you, that you're referencing. Uh, first, I'll say it's the largest economic uh, investment in the state of Michigan in its history. And it did utilize the program that we put in place in December. And so it is, it is uh, utilizing $600 million of state incentives in uh, securing that investment.
6: Now, when you say incentives, um, is, is that primarily tax breaks?
7: No, it's, it, it is dollars that we set aside specifically to secure these automotive projects so that we're continuing to produce uh, the next generation of, of automobiles in the state of Michigan.
6: And where do those dollars c- come from, John? Is, uh, is that part of, uh, I, I don't know, s- uh, somehow related to the money that we're getting from the federal government for COVID relief?
7: no you those are not COVID relief dollars uh what we've seen is in the state is very good uh, revenue projections for the state and we've got a lot of dollars that uh have come in and a certain portion of those got put into economic develop uh, economic development fund and so those dollars are are being pulled from that economic development fund for these economic development projects
6: yeah, I didn't mean that it would go directly from the feds to General Motors. I mean, you know, by getting that money, does it free up other dollars for investments of this kind?
7: Yeah, I, I would say yeah, the federal dollars have been greatly beneficial to the state of Michigan. And it has and those are allowing us to make a lot of great investments in infrastructure, uh, education and um Making the fact that we are able to make those invest, investments in our in our uh, state with uh, those federal dollars is allowing us additional flexibility to make sure that we are going to be leading the next uh, generation of automotive fa- manufacturing in the state of Michigan.
6: And there's been a lot of talk around the around the country, around Michigan, and in various municipalities about how to spend those uh, those federal dollars. Um, John, do you feel like the the Michigan legislature um, and and the governor's office is prioritizing long-term projects um, that will get the biggest bang for the buck since this is uh, very likely
7: one-time money? So what I'm happy about is that we have made sure that the dollars that are earmarked for local governments and local communities Uh, have gotten out, and that's very important so that they have the ability to make uh, these decisions about what's going to provide a long-term benefit to their community and and know what's coming down so they have the ability to make those decisions. We still have a significant chunk of federal dollars, uh, relief dollars, that have not been uh, appropriated at the state level, and that is something that uh, we need to... Uh, make sure it gets done in this budget year and the governor is going to be outlining her uh, proposed executive budget uh, next week and i expect that she is going to uh, push for putting those dollars into uh, really long-term investments and things like infrastructure, when we talk about right? yeah, Road, like infrastructure yeah and and we know that those pay off Uh, long-term for our residents. Um, And I I expect that we're going to see proposals that uh, further increase those infrastructure investments in the state of Michigan.
6: John, just, um, it was just, uh, what, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago that you announced you're running for uh, the state Senate seat that will be vacated by, uh, Jim Ananick, um, whose term limited out uh, the current um, minority leader of the state Senate, Jim Ananick. Um, The free press had reported before your announcement that you were positioning yourself for that. Did did that end up pushing up your announcement a little bit?
7: Um, You know, actually, (laughs) the date that we announced was the date that we had planned. Uh so what the free press saw is that we had filed paperwork for uh a candidate committee the f- campaign finance paperwork that you do to uh to run for office. So it got out there before we were planning but uh, the announcement went ahead as as we had uh timed it out.
6: What um it, are the new districts? Four candidates looking either uh, to run for re-election or to step into, you know, the the next position as as you're doing moving from the House to the Senate. Are the new districts a little bit of a moving target for candidates trying to make plans for campaigns going forward?
7: Yeah, I mean, this uh, year has been, the past year has been a little bit, uh, more challenging in terms of understanding uh, what the districts are. In a in a normal year, uh, that would have occurred very quickly, uh, but this was not a normal year, both because of the new redistricting process and the fact that census data wasn't available in a timely manner like it normally is, given everything with the pandemic. Well, so, yeah. So everything got pushed back. Uh, and so what you do see is a lot of the um, announcements happen are happening at a, at a later time because no one was sure uh, what the districts looked like. Uh, but I think the districts, you know, this, this is going to be a particular, for folks who enjoy uh, watching politics, it's going to be a particularly interesting year to be paying attention because uh, we've really never seen, uh, districts like these uh, in, in decades really that have been drawn in a way that is so competitive uh, between the parties and so you're going to see a lot of primaries between folks in the same party who got put in the same district you're going to see very competitive races between parties in a lot of areas and really it's 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 going to be a um, uh, unpredictable uh election season
6: well yeah one of the one of the districts that got combined is the um, two uh districts that ended up overlapping or getting combined uh were the one that you currently hold and the one Cynthia Neely holds and if you were to run for re-election for your state house seat, you would end up running against Cynthia Neely. How, how much did that weigh on your decision to move on to the state house? Or let me ask this a little differently. Which had more of an effect, the fact that it was being vacated uh, by Jim Ananick because of term limits or the desire to avoid running against a colleague?
7: Well, I have great respect for representative Neely and she does a wonderful job, uh, for her district. The, one of the things to understand about redistricting is that there are requirements that we need to meet to comply uh, with the voting rights act. there are a certain number of minority majority districts that need to uh, be uh created or continue to to exist uh within the state to comply with the voting rights act voting rights act and that's a good requirement to have because everybody should be able to have some representation in the state legislature in 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 congress uh and the it was always understood that flint has one of those minority majority districts so Uh, it was pretty clear that uh, given the population loss that occurred in the city of Flint that that was going to have to be redrawn and expanded uh, in a way that maintained a minority-majority district, and that was done appropriately, and uh, I'm glad that Flint has one of uh, the top uh, minority-minority districts in in the state of Michigan. I think that's going to help the city and the county in making sure that we have in influential voices in, in, in lansing uh so uh, i'm uh, very supportive of my my colleague uh, cynthia neely and i hope to work well with her as she works through uh issues that affect our community in the senate and i work through those i mean in the house and i work through those same issues in the senate
6: what do you think you can do differently uh
7: in the senate yeah, I think that uh, in the Senate, my focus has been and continues to be and is is taking the issues that affect our community locally and making sure that we address those at the state and that as issues come at the, up at the state, that our community is being put first. And so I, let me give you an example. Uh, we had uh, an economic development package come before committee, uh, last week. And it's a change in the program. Good jobs for Michigan program that, that sunsetted, uh, but bringing that back in in the structure would leave Genesee County behind And I, I don't think Genesee County would ever get single project under that. And I'm very much highlighted the inequities in that, uh, economic development package. And I'm gonna make sure that if those inequities aren't addressed, it doesn't uh become lost. That's that's what I every day go forward and in, in work for in the legislature. Same with uh the manufactured housing reform package that I've been leading with Representative Mueller. Those those issues that we're addressing in that package came out of things happening in Swartz Creek and in Fenton. And in understanding the issues that our constituents were having, we developed legislation that addressed those issues and are going to benefit our, our communities. And so that's the approach that I take, uh, to the state legislature and in the Senate, uh, because you have folks who are more experienced and you have fewer folks, you're better able to take those issues that you identify with your constituents and that your community brings forward. And ensure that they're addressed at the state level
6: you um one more one more question about that. since you brought up how some of these things impact genesee county the the new gm announcement you suggested in a statement that you released to the media that you think um that this is the beginning of a series of developments, some of which will ultimately benefit Genesee County. Is that wishful thinking, John, or or have you been given reason to believe that there are some projects maybe on a drawing board somewhere that will benefit Genesee County?
7: Well, here's, here's <laughs> no, number one. I think this announcement itself benefits Genesee County because the fact that Michigan is securing... Uh, battery manufacturing and electric vehicle manufacturing means that there are going to be future uh, production facilities that are located in the state of Michigan. And when you have uh, an assembly facility, you also have other facilities from other companies that are located in proximity to that. So for example, you know, we have the truck plant here in Flint well, the Lear plant produces parts that go directly into that truck plant, right? So securing right. these initial investments helps make sure that we are going to have future investments in, uh, assembly and then all of the various parts that go into assembling those vehicles. So I think this initial investment itself is going to lead to future investments. Now in Genesee County, uh, one of the benefits and challenges that we have, if you look at the, the vehicles that are produced here in Flint, like at, at truck, at the truck assembly plant, they are GM's highest margin vehicles. Okay? So, we are creating huge amounts of cash flow for General Motors. So they can't, you know, if they were to switch over that truck assembly plant to electric vehicles tomorrow, it would shut it down for 18 months and uh, there would be, that revenue would be cut off. So here in Flint, and we should take some pride in that we are funding uh, the transition to electric vehicles through that truck plant. But that creates the challenge of, because we're doing that here in Flint, transitioning that plant is going to have to be a more in, in that, in that manufacturing complex. Cause there's more than just truck plant, right? There's a Flint engine and, and other, other things there too. Sure. That's going to have to be done piece by piece by piece. And so, uh, I am, uh, are I think they're getting sick of hearing from me at, at, at GM, but I'm talking <laughs> to them on, on a regular basis about, you know, how do we make sure that, uh, these, uh, production facilities that we have here in Genesee County are part of that uh, future production that, that GM is, is, is going to be doing in electric vehicles. And the second piece I want to add, or I guess this is the third piece, third piece I want to add to that is the economic development package that secured these investments that we passed in December. So that came through uh, the committee that I'm vice chair on. Um, In the minority, we're only vice chairs. We're not chairs. And so uh, I was the lead for our caucus on that package. And I'll say the house democratic caucus out of all four caucuses in the Michigan legislature was the most supportive of these economic development packages of this economic development package, because we knew the, what, what it meant to the state and our local communities. In the initial bills that were introduced, uh, the way it was structured, cause there's two programs. There's the, um, uh, The deal closing program, which is what occurred with the Delta Township plant. And then there's the the site preparation program. And the site preparation program, like local units of government are eligible for that too. There's a variety of entities that are available for that site uh, readiness uh, program. And the way that is originally uh, introduced, sites like Buick City were going to have a more difficult time uh, being eligible to get funded in that program. By the time it got to the governor's desk, we were able to get that changed so that sites like Buick City uh, could now take advantage of that program. And what that program does is it can, it, its goal is to make sure that we have sites that are ready for um, construction of of these facilities. And one of the eligible items for that is cleanup. Okay, so right. we we were able to make changes to this legislation so that sites like Buick City could utilize it to make sure that it's clean and ready for development of manufacturing or or, or other uh, facilities, and that is key for our community because we have a number of those sites, whether that's uh, Buick City or uh, Old AC, and uh, uh, it, it's. That we got them all over and so making sure that that change got made before it got to the governor's desk is extremely beneficial to our local community and i do expect that over the next uh, few years as this this program works that we are going to see investments come to genesee county because of because of the program
6: and and finally i want to give you a chance to um uh critique the governor's state of the state message a little bit Uh, this week on armchair politics. We sort of hinted that it may have been more campaign kickoff than state of the state. Um, And, and in part because a lot of the things that the governor accomplished in her first term were driven by the pandemic. And, and she kind of stayed away from that in the, uh, um, in, in her, uh, in her message. Um, how do you think she did, and, and what did you get out of the governor's state-of-the-state uh, State message?
7: A g- great uh, question, Tom. So I think uh, the, re- the governor has, number one, done a great job in responding to the pandemic. And were, were there hiccups? Of course. But she couldn't, she
6: couldn't really celebrate that in her speech yeah well like other accomplishments you know typically when we see (laughs) one of these speeches it's a laundry list of the things they've done and then another laundry list of the things they want to do and and this seemed to shy away a little bit from her accomplishments yeah
7: because it because it's always and the governor knows this it's always about what the next thing is right and so she talked about stuff that was important to her that she wants to be uh, seen accomplished uh, going forward which is you know getting rid of the retirement tax. That's, that's something that, that I care about too. And if we're able to get a bill to the house for that does that, I expect I'll be voting it, voting for it and, and send it to the governor. So, so she can sign it. Uh, and, and what she's talking about is, you know, as we step out of the, uh, out of the pandemic, which is, which is, which is where we're at, right? We, it's, it's about, making sure we're securing an economic future for our, for our state. And that's, and that's the challenge that we need to address over the next year or two, uh, is making sure that we are securing the economic future for our communities. And that's at a, not just at a large production facility, like we're doing with GM, but also making sure that the framework is in place for local businesses, uh, throughout our state to be successful because they have gone through a ton of challenges, uh, through this, this, uh, COVID pandemic, and we need to make sure that the environment is, is available for folks to take those next steps as we come out of the pandemic.
6: Well, John, we're, uh, we're out of time, but I appreciate you spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. As always, it's, it's been too long since we've talked, and I hope we don't wait this long to talk again. I would love to do, I I'd love to come in again, Tom. I, I always enjoy chatting with you. All right. Well, John, good luck with, uh, with your um, pressing on to the uh, state Senate, and uh, keep up the good work.
7: Thank you very much, Tom.
6: You have a wonderful day. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye. Again, that was State Representative John Cherry. He's been a frequent guest on the Tom Sumner program. He announced uh, just, let's see, when was that announcement? January 28th. So just uh, really about a week ago, he announced that he's uh, running for the state Senate seat, currently held by term limited uh, Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananick. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. From the
2: Tom Sumner
3: Here. And every time I'm in
2: Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget,
3: stay dangerous.
2: Darkwing Duck Out.
0: East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported.
1: Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490.
0: Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness Will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker through their dare and naked twister. Warm Morning. The consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and Start living with tequila. tequila.
2: From the Tom Sumner show. Oh,
7: yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
0: this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
8: More than one audience has been taken unaware by the humour of Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona. Here is Senator Goldwater accepting the nomination for President of the United States at the annual mock convention of Washington's exclusive Alfalfa Club. Well, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me since Walter Ruther made me an honorary auto worker. <laughs> gentlemen. Gentlemen, if my voice trembles a little at this historic moment, I'm sure you'll understand. It takes my breath away even though I feel the White House is now ready for me since and remodeled it in an eighteenth-century decor. <laughs> and, and frankly, I, I feel it's a double honor since I've never even been to Harvard. <laughs> but, members of this convention, this has been a genuine draft. Not just the kind felt by reservists, And I've... And I've yielded to it in the sincere belief that no man with a drop of patriotism in his veins could turn down such a golden opportunity to advance his family. Uh, Of course, the, the Goldwater clan is not as large as the Kennedy clan, and my brother Bob doesn't want to be in government. Uh... he promised Daddy he'd go straight. <laughs> and I wouldn't be truthful if I said that I was fully qualified for the office. I don't play the piano, I seldom play golf, and I never play touch football. But I hope you'll find it in your hearts to accept a president who just sits behind a desk and works. Now, I must take note of the fact that hear that my opponents call me a conservative. If I understand the word correctly, it means to conserve. Well then, I'm just trying to live up to my name and conserve two things that most need conserving in this country, gold and water. Allow me to turn to my campaign platform, but before I do that, I just want to say that I don't apologize for being a conservative. I can remember where the conservative and mother were clean words. <laughs> but as you all know, I've argued for some time that we should do away with the cumbersome and lengthy, unmeaningful and platitudinous promises that the platforms of both parties have become. We need bold, brief statements that all Americans can understand. Now, the first blank fits neatly on one page, but I think it's basically sound and honest. It will mean the same thing to you whether you live in the North or the South, whether you're a farmer in Maine or an industrial worker in California. It says, and I ask you to pay close attention, elect Goldwater. (laughs) Now... Gentlemen, that's it. No nonsense, no shilly shelling, no hair splitting. Just elect Goldwater. It's got a nice ring to it that I sort of like. And is there anyone from the highest to the lowest? From the ordinary school child to the lowliest Harvard professor who can possibly mistake this meeting? I'll go even further. Is there anyone in this convention hall who doesn't understand it? <laughs> now, members of this convention, the other two planks deal with labor, education, foreign policy, and the farm problem. Here's plank number two elect Goldwater. Now, you may notice a certain similarity between the first blank and the second. And I want you to know that that was delivered. It's been my experience that the public is confused if you offer too many issues. The thing to do is to get a hold of a good one and stick to it. Hammer it home. Repetition, gentlemen, is the way Madison Avenue sells toothpaste and soap, and it's the way the new frontier stays in the limelight. But when repetition occurs at the White House, and it has since 1932, it's not a sales pitch, it's a giveaway. You don't even have to guess the price. And now, gentlemen, for the final plank. Plank number three. This is the bell ringer, and it's even shorter. It just says, Ditto. (laughs) There, gentlemen. I suggest that you have a platform in five words. Elect Goldwater, elect Goldwater, ditto. (laughs) And just to keep things symmetrical, I think I'll hold the budget down to five figures. Jane Mansfield's for openers, and I'll accept nominations for the other four. (laughs) This was
0: another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
1: And your tired mind says that the race is run. Your feet will tell you something That you know deep down is true Oh yeah When you put on that old record Blues will take good care of you Hey, hey let the blues Take good care of you What it is y'all, just do your thing Let the blues, let the blues take good care of you